you know, that Activision stuff is um, pretty jacked up. And today we're going to talk about it. Welcome to the EchoCast episode 148. Effing Activision, man. I am Morgan, aka Bond Diesel, and this is a podcast about gaming, gaming news, gaming platforms, and technology from the perspective of a lifelong nerd and now father. Please take a moment to subscribe to and rate the podcast on whatever platform you listen. Comments on the YouTube video, retweets on Twitter, and iTunes reviews are the most helpful. Also, be sure to let me know if you have any questions or topics for the next show by replying to Twitter in the YouTube comments or becoming a patron. Thank you to this month's Patreon supporters, Hassan, Christian, Darren, Tim, PK, Manmade Golf, Lunchbox, and Dale. If you would like to become a patron of this podcast, please check out patreon.com slash Diesel. This episode, we will talk about the EA Play event, X Defiant being announced, Activision lawsuit, listen, uh, no listener questions this week, uh, but content updates and more. Okay, so we're going to save uh, the, the heavy stuff for the end, uh, for the most part. But um, to start off, we will talk about some of the lighter topics. Um, so EA Play um, did happen on Thursday. Um, Battlefield 2042, in my opinion, was the biggest showcase. They showed off a mode called Portal Mode. Um, this is where uh, there's going to be set. It, it, it seems like it's basically its own section of the game. And it's going to be user customized modes. And it seems like they're going to give quite a bit of discretion with how you uh, use it. So the, uh, the, the things they showcased were things like um, uh, quantity over quality or quality over quantity. So there's going to be a mode where like five people spawn in as near future soldiers with all the modern equipment and guns and armor. And then they'll be up against like 30 uh, World War II soldiers with World War II equipment. And there'll be, you know, some type of objective that the, the small team needs to, to do. So um, it, it kind of showed that off. It showed off a bunch of stuff. Defibs versus knives. Um, the, the biggest thing is that they are bringing in influences from across, uh, I think it was Battlefield 1942, Battlefield 3, um, Battlefield 3 uh, or 1 and 5, I think, and then Battlefield um, 20. Uh, 42, which is the game that's coming soon. So you're talking about having everything from like futuristic um, jet-powered Osprey transport uh, choppers or lift craft versus, you know, P-51 <laughs> Mustangs from World War II. Um, I, I, I feel like this, it could be a bit gimmicky or it could be the staple of the game. 
we'll have to wait and see. Um, either way, I think it looked great and I am excited about it. The other thing they've mentioned multiple times, but we don't know much about yet is hazard mode. Um, I was watching Jeff Grubb's podcast and he seemed to drop some wink or hint that it could be an escape from Tarkov ish thing is what he's heard. So, um, the funny thing is, is about a game like Tarkov, if you took the development power and the quality and especially a frostbite um, for battlefield specifically i mean if you tried to basically make a tarkov clone using frostbite and using the resources that ea slash dice has available to them in theory it would be amazing a lot of the issues that tarkov has um, is that it just you can tell they're just not working with the tip top of anything um it's it's a lot of mediocre tools i mean they're using unity which they have done great with they've done good things with it but i'm under the impression that that's generally known as kind of a discount engine um, and it has a lot of uh, failings that gives it that reputation so um if this hazard mode really is going to be some type of like survival ish kind of thing where you know you go in you collect gear you extract you can use that gear in the next run um you know that would be pretty cool in my opinion and i would love to see a tarkov ish game um done by a triple a uh, developer uh so we'll have to see but either way the battlefield 2042 it's coming here in a couple months i'm super excited for it i'm still actually kind of debating whether i'm gonna do pc or xbox um, currently my series X, um, is probably a, a bit more, a little bit more powerful, um, than my computer. My computers are rocking. It's rocking a 1070 TI 32 gigs of 32 megahertz Ram and, um, uh, Ryzen 7, 2700, um, CPU. So yeah it, it, we'll see i just don't man, the battlefield games are just so dependent on gunplay and uh having that mouse and keyboard it's pretty clutch um the second part or that i thought was notable about the ea play was apex legends um i don't really have anything specific to say about it they basically announced a new season a new legend um the new legend looks super cool um very interesting and very unique and um yeah, I, I can't wait to see some actual gameplay of them because their whole concept seems very interesting. It's a kind of an information uh, getting legend, um, kind of an area control legend, which are both things I'm huge fans of in that game. So I will definitely probably be checking that legend out. But really, the reason I wanted to highlight Apex was that that game is just so well supported. It plays so well. I mean, it has its issues like any game does, but man. Um, before I started the podcast, I saw someone talking about they're jumping on the play some survival and saying that, you know, the best BR ever made survival for division. Um, survival is great, um, but it got very tired and old about two weeks after it came out. So props to the people who can still play it. Um, but calling it the best BR ever is um, hilarity. <laughs> it's in my opinion is it's apex um, and it's a pretty far margin obviously there's an argument to be made for warzone an argument to be made for uh, fortnite um, some people may even still make the argument for PUBG. Um, for me it's apex um, survival could have been because it was really the first in a lot of ways uh, survival for division um, but you know it not getting literally any updates basically since release 
um, makes it kind of um, cringy in my opinion to say it's the best, but to each their own. The last bit was a quick teaser for Dead Space 1's remake. They're going to remake that game from uh, that game from scratch. It's going to be um, so at first people thought maybe it was going to be a like Dead Space 4, um, but they did confirm after the show that it's Dead Space 1 and they're remaking it from scratch. So, um, yeah, I, I'm sure it'll be similar to the first game, but they're probably going to change some locations, puzzles, maps, uh, enemies, um, gameplay, um, probably hopefully try to keep that original soul of the game, uh, but also look to expand on it with newer tech and newer mechanics and things. Things like that. Um, I personally was never in the dead space. It scared me too much. I don't do great with scary games, and that game is horrifying. Um, but a more modernized version of it may speak to me a hair bit more. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to see. And that was kind of the the, the gist of it. So um, I thought the show overall was fine. There were definitely some other games they showed off that I thought were interesting. Um, they had I think it was a like Grid Legends that this weird like full motion video um very 80s and 90s ish uh for the storytelling and seems like they're trying to push like a really deep story maybe some rpg elements in this grid racing game which itself looked incredible um so that may be something i keep an eye out on i'm not a huge racer at, at this point i used to be um the first game i played a ton on console was the first Gran Turismo. So, um, and hot pursuit and some of those games. So um, I'm definitely curious, but we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see, uh, how, uh, how that plays out. The second story I wanted to talk about was X defiant being announced. So Tom Clancy, um, it's a new Tom Clancy title. Ubisoft teased the announcement. Um, I believe it was on, um, uh, on Sunday, I think they, uh, IGN and some other people released some footage of a game. Um, for those of us who pay attention to leaks and pay attention to things going on in gaming, especially around Ubi, um, there were rumors a couple months ago about a kind of Call of Duty ish game, um, that was going to involve the division, uh, Ghost Recon and Splinter Cell. So um, that was revealed. So now we see that it's a hero shooter that has uh, Call of Duty shooting mechanics uh, and movement and so on and skills and things like that. Um, so hero shooter, I'm talking about something um, along the lines of like Overwatch. Uh, but instead of being so sci-fi, it seems like they're trying to ground it a little bit. Um, so it, they basically portrayed it that it's eventually going to bring in a bunch of different franchises from Tom Clancy titles probably other Ubisoft titles too, but they're starting off with Wolves from Ghost Recon, the Echelon faction from Siphon or uh, Splinter Cell. I always confuse it with uh, Siphon Filter. Um, and then the Cleaners and Outcasts from The Division. Um, it, the, 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 the gameplay looks fun. It looks fast paced. It, I mean, it just looked like Call of Duty to be straight up. Um, it sounds like there's going to be like loadout making and you're going to basically like pick a hero or pick a named character from these games and then customize them to your play style. Um, I just, I've been watching a bunch of podcasts and, and kind of engaging the reactions that the people who kind of raw, raw cheer for everything Ubisoft does are excited and, you know, props to them. Uh, I, I, used to be one of you and now i feel like i've got a bit more of a critical eye at this point um 
And so that's fine. I'm glad there's some people who are excited about it. Um, but then kind of, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts and so they present more of a, like outside the, 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 the crew outside the club kind of viewpoint where, um, you know, a lot of people I follow who follow me on Twitter and things like that, um, tend to be kind of in the, the cohort of uh, kind of Ubisoft super fans. So to kind of hear some of these perspectives from the outside, honestly, I kind of identify more with them and the, the, the general feeling it seems like people have is like, why does this exist? Um, who were they trying to pull with this? Um, so my, my assumption is that this game, um, you know, that there's a bunch of surveys and metrics and stats that tell them a game like this may work. It may have an audience, but then like, if you kind of break it down, you know, here, so there's like a number of audiences this game could be shooting for. It could be shooting for the Overwatch audience. Okay. So that game is very stylistically different than what they're doing here. Um, and, and even gameplay, it, it's, it's much more bombastic and much more um, kind of out of reality and with the type of characters it has and the skills they can use and so on. Not to mention there's an Overwatch 2 coming. So those people who are into that genre already have their game that's coming so it's hard to argue that this game can really target them or at least can successfully pull them right okay so who else could it be targeting well it could be targeting the people who are fans of the the games so right now we have ghost recon splinter cell and division um, i assume there's going to be other tom clancy um crossovers here that they'll probably put in shade agents they'll probably put in ghosts they'll probably put in uh, whatever the enemy factions are in splinter cell um and so on and so forth but here's the thing like for me i, I can't imagine the ghost recon community is so big right now that you're really trying to target them especially with a game that has nothing to do with the franchise they like I would argue Breakpoint and Wildlands barely cater to that community, at least the old school Ghost Recon community. Um, and then now this is even more so, you know, slicing that pie even smaller of the people who may be interested. Then you have the Division fans who like, obviously most of the people I've seen who are interested take up that, that role, but it's kind of people who get excited about anything that's coming out from Ubisoft. And so, I mean, this game isn't a division game it's a game that has division stuff in it right and even that is a loose connection and then the the, the last but not least is the splinter cell fans who you know for years and years and years now have just been begging for another splinter cell game and they just keep seeing sam and splinter cell shoved into other properties arguably much less uh, prestigious properties like Breakpoint and Wildlands, um, and it, it, it's it's I hate the term slap in the face because it's so lazy, but sometimes it seems like the best description. And this just seems like such a middle finger to the people who want another Splinter Cell game. Um, it's just interesting. I just don't, and I don't think that anyone, like I, I don't think anyone was saying like. Like, I think Ghost Recon fans were probably saying, man, I'd love to get information about what's happening after Breakpoint. And I'm sure Division fans, I know myself, are curious about what's happening with Heartland and what's happening with Division 2 DLC content. And if there's even ever going to be a Division 3, which is in question, 
uh, for reasons I'm not going to explain, I'm concerned that a division three is never going to happen. And an X defiant is part of the reason. So I think X defiant is going to be fine. I really don't have an issue with this game. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to come out. They're going to pay a bunch of streamers, lots and lots of money to play it for a week. And then I think it's going to die off and, and be hyperscaped because if you didn't know hyperscape is in its fourth season of content. And I'd be amazed if there's a thousand people playing that game. Anyways, my issue as a division fan um, is that I'm afraid this is the beginning of a pattern of them diluting the brand and shoving division into everything um, and letting it become like a crossover monster instead of staying its own thing very much what they've done to splinter cell um, and what it seems like they're they're, they've been doing with ghost recon where instead of letting these pillars of the tom clancy brand stand on their own um, they either don't want to invest the time or the money or the resources and create an experience that people assume they're going to get from a tom clancy game and instead they just are going to just make this weird amalgamation of generic whatever and shove it out there and hope that enough people are fans enough of those pillars that they won't mind that they're all smashed together Um, for me for division this makes me fear for a while i was really excited i was like oh man they're doing books and movies and audiobooks and you know more dlc content in a a spin-off you know whatever heartland is uh, that was really exciting to me. I was like, holy crap, the division brand is as strong as it's ever been. I did multiple podcasts where I talked about like, hey, if you ever doubted the division as an IP, look at all this money they're investing into it. But then, you know, after seeing that one of the books is a book that came out two years ago in other territories, not in the US, after hearing the audiobook, which is okay, but it's fine right after seeing this x defiant game that is theoretically going to compete with heartland whatever heartland is if it is anything at this point and then that's probably also going to all those both of those properties are probably going to compete with whatever the dlc is for division two this winter they're probably all coming out at roughly the same time or at least they're going to be out at the same time and what i'm starting to fear is that this what seemed like a dedication to the division's IP, you know, not long ago is actually the dilution of the IP and them just trying to suck it for everything it's got left before they splinter sell it. So I don't know. Again, I don't necessarily have an issue with X defiant. It looks like it's going to be a mechanically sound game with some interesting ideas. Um, I just don't know who they think is going to populate these servers. I don't know. Um, I don't know who is hyped about X defiant. Um, obviously I'm sure there's a few people, but will it be enough? I just don't, I think I've said it before and I'll say it again. This just seems like another example of Ubisoft, you know, resorting to trend chasing instead of trying to be original and and move the genre forward or move a genre forward or move gaming forward or move anything forward so um it it just seems like they were like okay so we want a game that has this this and this what properties can we shove into it to make it somewhat notable to some of our community but who knows
the the team on it seems skilled. The guy who's leading it is an ex Call of Duty dev, um, which may not be a thing to brag about in more recent uh, days, but. I don't know. Um, so there is a test on PC coming in early August. I am signed up for it. I hope to get into it and be able to talk a bit more about what the game is after I get to play it. Um, I do have two reaction videos on YouTube right now, one to the announcement, two to the actual information they put out. Um, in my opinion, their announcement was really obnoxious. Um, they did this big 24-hour countdown, and then once that countdown ended, there was another 30-minute countdown, and then they showed two minutes and 30 seconds of gameplay, which I think we'd mostly seen from the clips people were posting, and then there was like an eight-minute dev interview but the interview was with the Ubisoft PR person who interviews everyone and asks a bunch of softball questions. And it was just, it was fine. The devs are very excited. They, they were very passionate about what they were talking about. Um, but it just felt very fluff. Literally the entire presentation took half the time of the countdown, which in my opinion is a garbage look Do a five minute countdown. No one wants a 30 minute countdown. Like no one does. Um, and it makes it look bad when your countdown is twice as long as your presentation. But that's just my opinion. Uh, before we move on to the heavy topic, um, I think mentioning Heartland and Division 2, um, while I have tried to move this podcast onto a more general gaming podcast, um, I can't help but try to focus still a bit on Division 2 because I do care. I can't help but talk about Heartland. And um, so right now, Massive, so this is concerning Division 2 DLC, Massive is on their two, three week break. Um, they, they get their uh, midsummer or whatever um, break in Sweden. So um, while it seems like Massive isn't really leading this project from a manpower point of view, I do believe that Yannick and some people at Massive are the ones actually leading this DLC project and whatever they're working on. Um, it seems like Trick is still working on it. It seems like there's some other people who we're aware of are still working on it. And um, I, I think... I, I understand that maybe they just didn't have anything to give us during the UB forward um, a few weeks ago. Um, you know, they can't give us information if they don't have it. I understand that. Um, but they can give us some direction. You know, this DLC isn't a new game. Um, the division has always been so awful about their hype anyways, um, where they, they'll like, they like tease, tease, tease. And the, but the problem is they tease things to the point that when the actual information comes out, it's always, almost always highly underwhelming. And this is one of those things where like, it'd be nice to have a conversation happening of like, Hey, this is kind of what we're working on. We'll give you specific details later, but here's our ideas. We're going to make a, a, so we know there's a new mode coming, but that means nothing to us. It's supposed to be a new mode to this franchise, whatever the hell that means for better or worse. It's kind of hard to even take that seriously because you know, the expedition, the Kinley college was supposed to be this big new mode and it ended up being the most boring content they've ever put out. Uh, then the Pentagon ended up just being two good missions, but like that was obviously supposed to be the underground 2.0, right? After you finish those two missions, you're supposed to go into the catacombs of the Pentagon and be able to do it like, but I guess funding got cut. Um, and then three, the, you know, the Coney Island was just a prologue to, you know, warlords of New York, which was fine, but was also obviously meant to be division one DLC. So it's just this thing where it's like, 
there's been the there's been hype there's that cycle of hype and disappointment hype and disappointment hype and disappointment disappointment which i often blame on the players i often say that people hype things too up too much people set expectations that aren't set by the ubisoft or by the division um, and i still hold that true they haven't given us any reason to believe anything but when you leave that much of a vacuum um there's people with good intentions who are just going to get too excited and then there's people with bad intentions I mean, the division just has some of the worst content creators I've ever seen from a clickbait perspective. And they just take full advantage of this vacuum of information. And they, they get people going, they get people all fired up, they get people all mad, and they, they use it to get clicks and get views to get their 32 cents a video. And, and that's to blame partially on them not telling us anything. Um, it's, it's interesting. Um, I think it's a bummer. Um, I, I, I'm sure that we'll get some kind of information drop here in the next month or two um, that will give us some indication of maybe what they're working on, when to possibly expect it. Um, but until we do, this is talking about Division 2 DLC, I just, I don't know, I find it really hard to get too excited or care until we know anything. Um, and then Heartland, that's an even more extreme example. Um, we know they did a big a big test. Um, obviously, there's not too much I can say about that, um, or even what Heartland is. Uh, I hope I can sooner than later. Um, but it's just another thing that's just like, uh, I, okay, like we, you know, like there's not even hype at this point for it because there's just been silence and no one knows what they're getting hyped about. And and that's the issue. I've seen people already speculating that Heartland is basically Division 3 or Heartland is a survival mode uh, or Heartland is this or Heartland is that. Um, and that and that becomes from that same vacuum I talked about that's been an issue with Division 2 and was an issue with Division 1 as well. Um, the, the Division, until more recent months, was always, in my opinion, one of the most um, interactive triple-a games with their community but at the same time they also didn't give them any useful information so they were always present and doing state of the games and things like that but they would always be so teasy about the way they would talk about things or they would do a whole 30 minute state of the game and not give us any useful information um and god now we don't even have state of the game anymore that's all done um state of the game is not coming back i hope people realize that State of the game was really obviously from Division One that Ubisoft at some point was dedicated to this franchise and then they blew it off for whatever reason. Someone new was probably put in charge of something. And State of the Game, like no other game does that. Where they were for a long time they did weekly updates on the game. Um you know, that did that doesn't happen with other franchises, not even as much as they did it. But that's gone now. And if that's not a sign of where we're at with Division, I don't know what is. I'm happy for the people who moved on. Hamish was amazing. Yannick and Petter and all the people, Ella and Taylor and everyone, you know, they're all awesome. They're great. Um, but it's, it's, if you, if you don't think it's telling uh, the state of the communication stuff of how they treat 
the franchise. I don't know what it is. That's again, why I thought all the stuff that was happening with division was so exciting because I thought it meant a newfound dedication to the IP. But then on the other hand, you see the way the actual IP is being treated and it makes you, makes me think that they're just hawking off the IP and making money on it as quickly as they can. And that, that may not be good for the franchise in the long run. Okay. on to the final topic. Um, so, you know, trigger warning, you know, gross content. Um, I'm not going to go too deep into the, um, things being accused of, um, with the Activision lawsuit, but it can be, you know, I'll probably mention some of the nastiest stuff I saw. So, um, it was announced this week that the state of California, I think it was their work, uh, workplace department or workplace enforcement, um, is filing a large lawsuit against Activision and Blizzard over a bunch of issues that they found there. So a majority of the things, unfortunately, are kind of the things you expect when you hear that, you know, giant company is treating their people badly. So it's the list of women not being promoted appropriately, women being given bad reviews while they're on maternity leave. Um, There's one story about a woman getting like women consistently getting kicked out of meeting rooms where they were um, either pumping or breastfeeding um, for, for, for just staff meetings, even though they had like scheduled their time and um, you legally have to provide women a place for them to pump or breastfeed. Um, you know, just general harassment, a lot of bro culture, BS. Um, and it was all of, unfortunately, the stuff you assume. And then there was a part of the story where one of the women working there um, killed herself while she was on a trip, on a work trip, um, and it, it had been found that she'd been getting harassed um, by her fellow employees, been sexually harassed. And then there was a revenge porn situation where her, an ex of the woman had, I guess, spread naked photos of her to people who she worked with, who were then spreading it within their own teams. Um, I mean, that's like super fucked up. So the thing I'll say before I move on, if you're having suicidal thoughts or if you you know, are having issues like that and this kind of stuff triggers you, please talk to someone. Um, there's suicide prevention lines. There's you know outpatient therapists. There's um, I'm not really qualified to help you. Um, if you need to reach out, I can try to point you in the right direction um, or you can try to look it up yourself. There are tons of great resources. Um, but like that issue... Like that's a, that's a big deal. You know, that's not just regular stuff that's happening. And, um, and, and a big thing I've been seeing pushback on, yes, technically Activision deserves their day in court. All these people who have been accused of things deserve to, you know, see the evidence and then present their own. But the thing that people need to realize is that when these kind of lawsuits happen, they don't do these kind of lawsuits for funsies. They don't throw out a lawsuit like this. They don't file a lawsuit like this and then look for information to support it. There will be discovery. There will be evidence giving and things like that. But they probably brought this lawsuit because they had a some a, a good chunk of legitimate proof. Uh, the state, they won't waste their money on this kind of thing unless they feel like they can really, you know, they have good reason to do it. Um so this whole pushback on like, well, you know, it's all just allegations, right? It's true. But if even one of the allegations is true, it's a shit show, especially this worst allegation that, you know, these people who were employed there pushed, they harassed this woman to suicide. Now, sure, 
she may have had other mental health issues. She may have had other things happening in her life, maybe, but it doesn't take away the responsibility of the people who definitely contributed to her decision and to her pain and to her anguish. Um, and not to mention all of the other harassment and, and, you know, maltreatment and, you know, bad business practices and, and everything else that was going on. So I just, um, and one thing that, that also annoys me when these stories come out is that then you, you, you see, you know, I know being a white knight all too well, but you'll see these people come out and, and, and push these stories and talk about like, you know, you know, gaming development culture is toxic and, you know, this bro culture and white cis males and all this stuff. Like, sure, that's fine. Um, I don't disagree, but then there is specifically someone I saw, you know, who was, who, who said, who quoted this story and was like, I know, uh, of a, of a man who was fired, um, who did this and this and this, and he was fired from my company, but he's still in the gaming universe. But here's the thing. You aren't naming him. Why aren't you naming him? Is there any good reason? You're just as much of the problem as anyone else is. And so it's so funny. You see these people pushing the story and, and you know, getting into the, the hype of it and stuff. And it deserves to be pushed. It deserves to be put out there and, and talked about and put in front of as many eyes as possible. But then if the same, if the same people who are pushing the story also are hiding the names of people who they know are abusers just because they don't work with them anymore or whatever. And that seems like an even better reason to, Throw them out there. Um, you, you're, you're, you know, it's so, it's just so frustrating seeing one person say, if you see something, say something, and then see them also say, I know this guy who did this stuff, but not name him. That's such bullshit. It's such self protective bullshit. But, <sighs> Yeah. So I, if you can handle it, if it's something that won't hurt you, um, to see or read, I highly suggest reading the extent of the allegations that were, um, proposed here. I probably didn't even get to the worst of them, obviously probably besides the person who took their own life. So it's just awful. Like, it's just so gross. And then I also see people being like, well, you know, what boycott more zone, like, come on. Sure, go nuts, but that's not going to do anything. What is going to do something is is making sure they're accountable, making sure that people with a presence call out names of people who do this shit, say it loud and make sure people know and don't, you know, get your good feels from people by saying that, oh, yeah, I've seen someone do this and that was awful, but not say who they fucking were. You know, people with a platform like Greg Miller and these people who have millions of followers have to be have to push this shit and say, like, I don't care if they boycott the game or not, because I know that's not going to do anything. But if they drag these companies names through the dirt on top of this lawsuit, which unfortunately will probably get arbitrated into some slap on the wrist. You know, the people with a platform can't just, you know, virtue signal. They can't just white knight it on Twitter. They have to actually do something to try to help actually hold people accountable, to hold companies accountable, to hold their peers accountable. You know, it's it's all well and good to call out one of your peers without saying their name to make yourself look like a good guy for noticing the bad shit. But if you don't say who they were, if you don't report them to the people necessary, if you don't tell their new, you know, someone at their new job, like, hey, you better watch out for this dude. Or this lady 
it's just um i don't know this whole story really bothered me because um it, it you know i'm a i'm a man who's, who works in primarily female job so i i've been a social worker for most of my professional career since 2010 when i graduated from college um, i spent a year in a sales job where it was a heavily male dominated job and it was gross and it was sexist and it was demeaning and i essentially got pushed out of my job um, or pushed to find a new job because I wasn't okay with the salesman abusing, you know, handicapped people and ripping them off with management treating women like crap um, with customers treating women like crap and management not helping uh, with employees treating other employees like garbage and stealing things and being awful. And then I went from that bro culture to my last two couple jobs. Um, I've, been the only man on my team and the management above me all the way to the top um, has been female and i'll be straight up i've seen issues um, that sound really familiar when i hear about workplace issues that women have in male dominated workplaces i've seen those things too from the other side um but not it's not the same it, it's it, it's bad and it should be addressed but it's different because there's never a sexual component either i don't know why you know i think i'm very desirable i guess but it's i just i see these stories and i know that even the worst situations i've been in um as a guy in a in an industry that there aren't guys i still can tell that nothing i've dealt with is anything like this shit and so i like to think i can be empathetic to it i like to think i understand like one percent of what it's like um i probably can't so I don't know. People are being awful, call it out. It just um just try to be good to people. We could all learn a lot from that. Uh, we didn't have any listener questions this week. Like I said before, if you want to ask any, I do post a couple tweets on Twitter asking for topics and so on and so forth. Um, if you are listening to this on YouTube, you are welcome to give your opinions or topics um, or questions in the comments. Um, and if you become a patron on my Patreon page, you can ask questions on there or message me or whatever. Uh, for some content updates, um, I have started streaming a bit again. Um, I'm going to try to do two or three times a week. Um, you know, follows on the channel are appreciated the most. Uh, people stopping by and saying hi. Bits, subs, donos, all of that stuff is great. It's never obviously required, but um, I do try to pretty consistently up upgrade my tech and upgrade my everything um, to try to make, you know, when I make content, make it higher quality. Um, as for content, um, I'm going to start a playthrough of Death's Door um, tonight, actually. Um, I'm going to start playing The Ascent and Microsoft Flight Simulator next week when they come out. Um, and I still want to make Escape from Tarkov try to work on PC. Um, I also want to start doing uh, at least uh, some type of Division 2 playthrough again. And that's where we're going to wrap it up. So I am Bond Diesel on Twitch, uh, where I um, stream here and there. Um, you can check out my Twitter, at Bond Diesel, or at The EchoCast, if you want just straight gaming news without much of my opinion injected. If you want some cool EchoCast or Bond Diesel merch, check out streamlabs.com slash Bond Diesel. If you want to search for Bond Diesel on extralife.com, I'm doing um, 2021 fundraiser there. We're at 500 bucks. I would like to at least get to 1000 this year. Um, I'll probably start pushing it a bit harder. 
And uh, that's all I have. So until next time. Thank you.